0: New York doesn't believe in science, so all the scientists quit. Europe, once again, shows that the Nobel Prize is worthless. And let's talk a little culture. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, we got a lot to talk about. This might be a little bit longer than usual, but after Sunday's, you know, hour and a half podcast, you should be saying to yourself, God, will he ever shut up? So let's go into it. So Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, continues to prove he is the worst, most arrogant, most incompetent, and most corrupt governor in the United States today. That, by the way, is saying a lot. So, New York has always led the way in the Wuhan infection uh This is not a shock because it is a heavy populated state, and the people are really smushed together. If you've ever known New York, you'll know that you go over there and you sit there and you're you can't spit without hitting another person which is probably half the reason there's got a lot of cases of the Wuhan virus. And if you're not from New York, but you've ever visited, you realize, I really don't want to live here. does Not a big shock. Andrew, Andy Cuomo issued an order that allowed old people who had the Wuhan flu to be put back into retirement homes after being diagnosed. At the time, we already knew that the elderly were the most susceptible to the Wuhan flu. And thousands of elderly died because of his crappy policies in that state. The highest number of COVID deaths in the country were because of this. Uh, Well, no, not the highest. Excuse me, second highest. They were behind New Jersey, which, by the way, had the same policies. But whose fault was it? Not sure. So listen.
1: Where this starts is, uh, frankly, a a political attack from prior federal administration, HHS, their great spokesperson, Michael Caputo, who's Roger Stone protege, who said we had more nursing home deaths in New York because of something that the state health department did. Uh, This report affirms everything the commissioner said for the past year. Federal guidance uh, said that uh, people who were in hospitals, but who were presumed not contagious could go back to a nursing home, which could handle them. Not all nursing homes can handle them. And the nursing home had to, by law, say that they could handle those people.
0: That's right. The prior administration's health secretary, who happens to have something to do with Roger Stone. Why Roger Stone has anything to do with this? I don't know. But in essence, it's Trump's fault. He doesn't blame the CDC. He doesn't blame the WHO. He doesn't blame China. He doesn't blame Dr. Fauci, who just continues to be wrong. It's Trump's fault because I guess Trump is going around and spreading this thing, going to nursing homes and spitting in the mouths of old people and spreading the disease. Oh wait. President Trump did help New York and other states. He did send a ton of PPE. I, I and I mean no, I, that is being conservative. He sent tons of PPE to New York. He sent thousands of respirators and ventilators to New York. He Trump sent Two hospital ships that were by the uh, that were uh, worked with the navy to New York. The navy ships ventilators and respirators were never used. They had so much they couldn't use them. I suppose Cuomo's inability to manage all of that room and all of that equipment was Trump's fault too. Cuomo even thanked Trump for all the support that he'd received from the federal government. But that's all forgotten. The media were all in on Cuomo. They saw him as the savior against the Wuhan flu and kept pointing out that states like New York have handled the virus the way that every other state should handle it. Listen to this little um, montage by Grabian, and you'll see just how much toe-licking the media was doing on Chris Cuomo. Or, I'm sorry, Andrew Cuomo. Chris Cuomo's the dumb brother on CNN. Andrew Cuomo, listen.
1: We're grateful that across the country there are responsible leaders who are stepping up. One of them provided clear direction and memorable PowerPoints. New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo. I heard, though, that you had a crush on our boyfriend, Andrew Cuomo. Dude, everyone does, right? I think he's fantastic. You know Cuomo. He even had a 70% approval rating in in April with Republicans. Why? Because he was leading. Even lifelong Republicans tell me they look at Cuomo and they're like, God, there's a leader.
0: Governor Cuomo, who has been a leader in calling for a science-based... Uh
1: ways to fight this coronavirus.
0: The academy says that he's being recognized for, quote, his leadership during the COVID pandemic and his masterful use of television to inform and calm people around this world. Tonight, what we can see from Democrats, especially someone like Andrew Cuomo, is a really pointed prosecution of President Trump's handling of the virus. I, I commend, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo in taking some of these steps that they already have in limiting capacity. I mean, I'm so turned on by him. I'm so turned on by the leadership. I have feelings for Andrew Cuomo. I, I wrote a piece about it. Having heard you day after day
1: after day, At your press conferences, I I have to wonder what it's like to be in your shoes with the weight of this responsibility and just the sheer exhaustion you must be
0: feeling right now.
1: We're lucky now to be joined by Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo is joining us now. His new book, by the way, is entitled American Crisis Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. I hope you are able to appreciate what you did in your state and what it means for the rest of the country now. I'm wowed by what you did and more importantly, I'm wowed by how you did it. So you just do what's right. I did what was right. I'm comfortable with what I did. I think the facts bear it out. I think the numbers bear it out. I think we saved 10s of 1000s of lives. But I did what was right.
0: Wow, I mean, and that montage, as long as it was probably could have been a heck of a lot longer. I mean, my God, the butt licking by the media was just incredible. They even asked the guy if he wanted to be president of the United States, if he was going to run against Trump. Oh, my Lord. How did this guy have 68% or 65% approval rating in New York? (laughs) I have no idea. I'm sure it's gone down a little bit, considering half of his constituents are now dead. But, you know, that's fine. But Andy embraced his sudden fame. I mean, he wrote a book about how he handled the pandemic and how his awesome leadership made him the envy of all states, except states like Florida and Tennessee and Wyoming and South Dakota, North Dakota and Montana and uh, Idaho. I mean, states that actually dealt with it and didn't have to close their businesses down and fun stuff like that. Um, he created a Mac, map of the pandemic's progress over the last year. And that map was drawn. It was a, a, a drawing, a sketch. And he sold this on their website. Now, what's ironic about that drawing was that <laughs> the map actually showed how bad New York had it. No other state had it as bad as New York outside of New Jersey, but they're not real sharp in Jersey as far as their politicians go. Uh, so they didn't actually try to make money on the pandemic. And finally, the guy won an Emmy over his press conferences. And his press conferences were dramatic. I remember watching them. They were just like, oh my God. Of course, his press conferences. The press conferences where he actually tore apart President Trump; those are the ones that are in the. Uh, those are the ones in, that are not in the archives that we're watching every day. We're not watching the one where he actually praised the federal government and praised Donald Trump for doing what he did. Here's the problem: not everyone is a fan of Andy. There are people who wanted some explanations, like the families of all those that got shipped back into a. Uh, into a retirement home, spreading the disease all over the retirement home. That's when Andy's lies started coming to light. An investigation was done by the state's attorney general. And she found some things that weren't so good. Oops. Andy's got some explaining to do. New York's lead, top prosecutor, Letitia James. You know, and she's no left, she's no righty. Letitia James said she was going to investigate Donald Trump the second she got elected into office, and she was going to find something on Donald Trump. Um, I don't know how you find a crime. Well, I know you can find a crime just knowing who you want to search, but it doesn't make sense why she would say something as uh, biased as that, but she did. She found that Cuomo's administration had covered up Mistakes by undercounting the number of elderly who died in nursing homes from the coronavirus. The deaths were shorted by over 50%. Basically, they added another 10,000 people to the uh, retirement home deaths. So what did they do? Here's an example. A COVID patient from a nursing home is about to die. And that patient was diagnosed with COVID. So that patient is sent back into a nursing home. The patient is about to die of COVID. The retirement home, seeing that the patient's going to die and they can't help him, send them back to the hospital. The patient from the retirement home dies in the hospital. The death is considered a hospital COVID death, not a retirement home death. This softens the blow on Andy's incompetence. And that's what he wanted. Um, The problem is they found out about it. And now he has to explain why he allowed COVID deaths, COVID infected patients to return to retirement homes when at the time they already knew those people were probably susceptible, more susceptible to COVID And once they caught it, would probably die of COVID. Well, let's put it to you this way. His response was less than satisfactory. Listen.
1: A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only. But we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. And I dealt with the loss of my father. The pain is so incredible uh, and inexplicable. And why, and why, and why, uh, it's a tragedy.
0: It's a tragedy. What a human piece of garbage. Uh, if, if that statement, who cares where they died? They died. And then look at me. My fa- I lost a family member too. Well, I've lost about six. So I don't want to hear this guy. This guy is so out of touch. He's so arrogant. He refuses to take responsibility for anything. It's just incredible. He is the definition of a pure freaking sociopath. He just doesn't care. Let's call it what it is. What's more incredible is no one in the media is talking about it and even editing interviews that blame Andrew Cuomo. I was going to add that the piece in here, but it's just, it shouldn't shock anybody. But that isn't it. Andy's behavior caused a lot of friction in his own health department. You know, the health department that is run by doctors and scientists. Mr. Follow the Science decided he was going to run COVID policy and now vaccine distribution from his own office. No matter what his health department said. No matter what the scientists said. In a story released again by his own commission's report. Not his own commission, but by the uh, Department of Justice of New York report. It said at least top, nine top New York health officials have left their post since March because of Andrew Cuomo's handling of the, of the pandemic. I don't remember hearing that on CNN. According to the New York Times, the governor ignored the advice of his public health experts while using them as a foil during a recent press conference while answering questions on the pandemic. do you New York Times pointed that out? Not CNN, I don't see Chris Cuomo saying anything. State and by the way, uh, this is the party of science. remember? He's not listening to the scientists or the doctors. State health officials have grown increasingly irritated at Cuomo's approach to the pandemic, claiming that the governor has issued top-down orders to combat the coronavirus without notifying anybody. Specifically, the doctors and scientists in his own health department. One of the latest incidents occurred in Cuomo's shaping of the state's vaccine distribution plan. The governor scrapped a plan that the health officials all dumped out and he decided to do it on his own. This is what the New York Times stated, quote, In the fall, Mr. Cuomo shelved vaccine distribution plans that top state health officials had been drawing up. One person with knowledge on the decision said, The plans had relied in part on years of preparations at the local level and outgrowth of bioterrorism terrorism fears following September 11th. Makes sense. on and on experience dispensing vaccine through county health departments during H1N1 pandemic in 2009. As a result, local officials across the state complained that their efforts to vaccinate were undercut by the Cuomo plan. Wait a minute, quote, wait a minute, why are we not doing this, end quote. Anthony Picente, Jr., a Republican who is a county executive in the upstate Oneida County, said he remembered thinking. Cuomo's plan was to have hospitals deal with vaccination, something his advisors quickly advised against. What they believed is that the local governments, the city and county governments, should deal with the vaccination because the hospitals were already overburdened and couldn't handle the extra traffic. That extra traffic was going to cause a bottleneck in vaccine distribution. Guess what happened? Hospitals were overrun. They couldn't handle the vaccine, vaccine distributions. And guess what ended up happening? Vaccines actually went bad, and they, couldn't, they, they ended up throwing vaccines away because they could not handle the, um, the vaccine schedule. Cuomo stated, quote, When I say experts, end quote, in air quotes, it sounds like I'm saying I don't really trust experts. Because I don't. Because I don't. End quote. Such a man of science. Don't listen to your doctors. Don't listen to your scientists. Do everything which you think is right, and everything will be perfect. What an arrogant son of a bitch. In our second story, uh, the Nobel Peace, uh, Peace Prize list ha- of nominees for 2021 have been released. Some make some sense and some will just make you go, hmm. So let's talk about who makes sense and who, huh? You're just going to go, what? So uh, let's talk about that. So the first guy that, uh, the, there are three guys that actually make sense here. The first one, Jared Kushner. Personally, I think this guy should be the one that actually wins it. Um, possibly next to the guy next that I'm going to, this is on this list. It's going to be, um, it's going to be Jared Kushner. Kushner, who's Trump's son-in-law, uh, actually orchestrated, designed the Middle East peace, uh, deal between Israel and the United States. Arab Emirates, UAE, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco. Now, again, what's so amazing about this these peace deals, peace deals is before this there were only two in the last 70 years. And Kushner was able to design four in basically four years. And I mean, four years. It, it, this was, I know all these peace deals came in 2020. The reality is it took all four years to negotiate them. You know what? That's fine. They were negotiated. It was a monumentous achievement. And I know that Kushner is not going to get any credit for this as far as history goes. If these peace deals actually remain, because trust me, Biden is trying to F them up, but these were monumentous peace deals, and they should be acknowledged. In so, one way or the other, they should be acknowledged. Whether Jared Kushner good gets it, or the next nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize, Donald Trump gets it. Donald Trump is the next nominee, duh. He signed four Middle East peace deals. He defeated the terrorist organization ISIS and he was the only president in the last 50, 60, 100 years that was not involved in a foreign war, did not start or continue a foreign war. And by the way, I know this is something that is going to absolutely kill Democrats, but he didn't actually start a nuclear war. Donald Trump should have won the Nobel, he should win the Nobel Peace Prize, period. Because as a president, he was the most peace-driven president in probably United States history. I can't think of another. I'm sure one of you can think of him. Just throw him out there and I'm sure I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, okay, you're right. The next guy, I'm not surprised, is Alexander Nolveni. Alexander Alexei Alexei Nolveni. Let me get his name right. He is the man who is running opposition to the Russian president, Vlad Putin. He protested Putin's ways. He's protested Putin's policies. He has been poisoned sus- by suspect. It's been suspected. Putin actually tried to poison and kill him. Well, he not, only, he not only survived the poisoning, he got on a plane and traveled back to Russia. He was arrested right off the plane, and he was today just sentenced to three and a half years in prison, given a two-year sentence because of time served during his exile. This is a man who is truly fighting Vlad Putin and the Russian oligarch, and he's probably going to be dead before he gets out of jail. I almost guarantee it. This is a man who has done a lot. Now, they have several people who I don't even know and I'm not even going to talk about it. I mean, literally, when they start nominating people, it's 15, 20 people. But these are the guys that I know and these are the guys that I'd say, yeah, they pretty much deserve it. But now, let's go into the people that you just want to say, oh my God, you're kidding. So the first nomination is just like, wow, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Norwegian Parliament. Parliament member, and I'm gonna mess this up. Peter Aid, who happens to be a socialist, writes, Quote, I find that one of the key challenges we have in America, but also in Europe and Asia, is the kind of increasing conflict based on inequality. Black Lives Matter has become very important worldwide a very important worldwide movement to fight racial injustice. They have a tremendous achievement in raising global awareness and consciousness about racial injustice. They have been able to mobilize people from all groups of society, not just African Americans, not just oppressed people. It has been a broad movement in a way that has been different from their predecessors. Okay, so let me let me quote PolitiFact here, because obviously, I think this is a BS nomination and, you know, but PolitiFact pretty much put it in a way that I would put it. PolitiFact, quote, officers injured, the New York Post reported on June 8th, citing the U.S. Justice Department that more than 700 law enforcement officers were injured on the job during a nationwide protest over Floyd's death. People killed in early June, news accounts reported that the number of people killed during the Floyd protests at roughly a dozen as many as 19. The victims include a 77-year-old man who was retired, who was a retired St. Louis police captain and who was black, and a 22-year-old woman from Davenport, Iowa. They continue. Damage caused in late June, Fox News reported that according to insurance experts and city officials, the Floyd protests could eclipse the 1992 Los Angeles riots, and it has already, to become the most expensive civil disturbance in U.S. history. In 1992, The 1992 riots, which followed the acquittal of four police officers in the beating of Rodney King, cost $1.4 billion, that's with a B, in 2020 dollars. According to the report, which did not give a specific damage estimate for the Floyd protests, a new, a new spokeswoman for the Insurance Information Institute told Scripps National News that most likely the Floyd protests would lead to higher losses, but did not provide an estimate. Black Lives Matter didn't respond to a comment. Just an FYI, it's between two and three billion dollars of damage. They also supported Black Lives Matter also supported some of the uh, most of the beliefs that the Nobel uh, voters approved of. Socialism, evil of the United States, breaking up of the family, anti-religion, anti-capitalism. So, not a shock that Black Lives Matter got nominated. Expect them to win. Okay, I I, I I really am not sure who's going to win this one because I've read all of them. There were like 20 people that were nominated, but we'll we'll have to see about this. Stacey Abrams. This is a person who lost a governor's election in Georgia, but for some reason she still thinks she's governor. NBC reported, quote, Abrams, who played a critical role in in the helping to register thousands of voters for the 2020 presidential election and Senate runoff election in Georgia, is being nominated for a work to promote nonviolent change via the ballot box, end quote. What garbage. What absolute garbage. Anyway, continue. Abrams' work follows in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s footsteps in the fight for equality before the law and civil rights. This was by a guy named Lars Halbreken, who belongs to the Socialist Party in Norway. Abrams has done absolutely nothing in her career except bitch that she lost the gubernatorial, gubernatorial election in Georgia. That's it. Nothing. I'll go a step further. Her bitching about having had lost an election, stolen from her, quote stolen from her. She lost by six fifty thousand votes, so no election was stolen for her. She got freaking swamped in a state election. All this was a self-centered pitch to make her more relevant for the next election. The media loves her. They still call her governor. And Europe can't get enough of her. That's because she's a socialist. Next person that was nominated, did you got to say what? Greta Thunberg. You know, seriously, who gives a damn about this kid? How dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the 18-year-old environmental activist that has done nothing except travel around the world in a boat, missing a ton of school, yelling at adults for ruining her life. I don't know. Because we won't stop driving cars? She's a frickin' moron. and Not to mention, she's disabled, so her parents should be frickin' ashamed of themselves. At least she's turned 18. Now we cannot fuck with her without being accused of being closet pedophiles. So I really don't. This is just typical crap. And finally, the World Health Organization has been nominated for a Nobel Prize. (laughs) Peace Prize. I mean, wow. Let's see. They were wrong about how COVID was spread. They were wrong about how transmissible it was. They did not press China to let them analyze the disease. They lied about how China was handling the disease. They were wrong about how deadly the disease were. They were lied about how many people died in China. They did not acknowledge that the virus was was developed in a lab and not a natural outgrowth. Outgro- they called any travel restrictions xenophobic. They spread the Chinese talking point about COVID, and SARS, and swine flu, and the bird flu. And they all turned out to be lies. They ignore the enemies of China, and won't allow them into the WHO, including Hong Kong and Taiwan. Yeah, they did such a great job with the Wuhan flu. Do you guys see something about the Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah, it's bullshit. It's such bullshit. I would question whether Jared Kushner or Donald Trump were even closeted communists if they actually won the the uh, award. And they're not going to. I mean, they, this is a group that gave Barack Obama the award for like being elected president. He didn't do anything. Even Barack Obama, to his credit, said, I don't know why I'm getting this. But it's just, it's so sick. It is is—is really sad that this group has any kind of power or any kind of um, say in anything and people respect it. I would not be proud of myself to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. I wouldn't think anything of it. Okay, well, we're going to talk about culture tomorrow. I'm not going to bring up the culture thing because I actually have to read a lot and um, I, this is, this is pretty killer. I'm also going to be changing how I do this podcast next week. I'm writing a book right now and I need to really concentrate on that book. So I'm probably not going to do this every day as long as it is today, but you can, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on, on parlor. If it ever comes back up, which it probably won't. <laughs> So I'm not even going to bring it up. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbasses.talkingpolitics.com. View all my links, and I've got a ton of links: all the video, all the audio, any graphics. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today. Have a great week. This is Gene. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.